Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Con Man's Answer Show, episode 79. This episode is with Che. He's the host of the No Spoon podcast, a political commentator and a motivational speaker. Take a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Con Man's Answer Show, episode 79. Um, my guest today, his name is Che. Um, I hope that's how you pronounce it. I think it is. Um, just go ahead and introduce yourself, what you do, who you are, things like that, man. Yeah, but, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the uh, the invite and everything like that and the opportunity to talk about my platform and what I try to do. Um, I'm the, my name is Jay. I'm the host of the No Spoon Podcast um, on Schoon TV. That's where you can find the episodes at, schoontv.com. But, um, and I just, you know, I, I we, we talk about politics. We talk about social issues. We talk about, you know, morals, values. We talk about all these type of things. And that's what I, that's what I hope to do is to try to bring that kind of perspective of, getting back to a, 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 a more logical approach to life, to more common sense approach. And I think we're, we're, we're it's not just teetering. I mean, I think we're there to where people are, are abandoning that logic and, it, and it, we're going towards a different direction, which is a direction that um, makes us susceptible to, to nefarious purpose, causes and purposes. So that's what, that's what we try to do. We, we talk about the truth and we talk about things un, unfiltered and, uh, you know, regardless of narrative. Yeah, I think that's actually really, really cool because, um, so at Pacific, I told you I'd go here, but I didn't say what I do. I am a politics and government major with a minor in philosophy um, with the end goal being, I want to go to law school, get my degree in law, um, practice law somewhere, more civil side. Um, but, cool. you know, one of my, one of the things that um, I've been most intrigued with my, for especially my college years is long form discussion, especially starting this podcast and how that's, that's not really a, um, not that it's not really allowed, but it's not really like pursued by a lot of people anymore. Um, if you, if you have any disagreement on politics, you know, and, and especially if you're not aligned with the narrative, I go to a pretty liberal school. It's a liberal arts school in Oregon. If you're not aligned with that politically, it's almost like dissent's not really allowed. And so for you to come on or for you to just have your own platform and to say that, you know, I want to get back to this, like just discourse about disagreement because I feel like that's how things grow and things change. I think it's really important that people like you are doing that. I mean, obviously we all know Joe Rogan, he does that. Um, there's, there are some people who still push for that, but I feel like like what you said about it not really being, um, or we're, we're striving away from it or we have moved away from it. It's, it's, it's a little frightening. I think you agree. Oh, oh, definitely. And, and, and just like how you're saying right there about like long form discussion and these type of things, like, the people don't people if you you have to notice like people don't even realize understand how to have to to make an argument nowadays yeah. like we've like just talk to people and you're like wait a minute wait a minute we were talking about this and somehow you we've circled all the way over here so yeah. we, we got to get back to like real basics and that's what i'm saying like under even understanding how to have an argument with somebody how to sit here and 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 to 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 have a position make an argument provide evidence and not take us off track to what happened to you when you were seven years old. Like mm. that's, that's, that's the problem. It's like, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's all just agree that what we can see and what we can, we can, you know, understand to be real and to be factual. Let's start with that, with that premise, but we don't do that. That's not what's going on now. Definitely. And I think, um, I really do think that people, 
truly believe that their subjective opinions matter. Uh, I think that, that that goes along with um, the boom of social media, especially something like Twitter um, and TikTok and things like that, where people can just say whatever they want and however they feel, and then they can get um, a lot of attention for it. And I think that's problematic in a lot of ways because I feel like if you haven't even done – like if you haven't studied something for long enough, you really aren't – you can't really consider your opinion factual. You know, you really have to do substantial research. And like one of the major things that we're seeing right now is like the arguments versus science versus non-science and whether that science is backed by um, just funding and backed by political um, agreements or if it's actual research being done and conducted and peer reviewed. And I think the more we move towards a society, I think we already have a society that's backed on, um, um, funding from the power, you know, um, instead of just actual seeking the truth, I think the more you get closer to a totalitarian society where, or like, even like, I don't know if you've ever seen or read the book, the giver where like people are being, I mean, I know you talked about the red pill and the blue pill and everything like that, but I feel like we're being, Mm -hmm. we're being, it's almost like we're being fed in indoctrination from birth. And that unless you like really start doing your own research about how things work and how things act and really like critically thinking for yourself, you're just going to like, you can just wither away and just be almost like a um, machine of the system. And that's kind of where we're going. I mean, <laughs> just, just look at, I mean, what did, what do you call it? Facebook just introduced that metaverse. Yeah. Which, which is, I mean, I, I I looked into it a little bit and I'm like, this is kind of insane. But but if you really think about it, we're already kind of being programmed to be to accept this type of stuff to where we, we we're starting to become desensitized to humanity. You know what I mean? And and the people that are claiming to be so compassionate and so um, you know, sympathetic towards humanity are really the people that are doing the most damage to us, are really the people that are suppressing most of humanity and desensitizing us to humanity. And so it's like, you know, we, we're headed in that direction. We are starting to, we're starting to become okay and comfortable with atrocious things happening to people that disagree with us. You know what I mean? That, that we don't, that, that like, no, that's the problem is like, nobody has said, at, at least I've never said people should die for personal decisions or anything like that mm-hmm. you know but the other I, i've been told to die mm-hmm. over personal decisions so it's like you know it, it's hard to have these discourses when we don't we don't understand how to let's let's start on facts and mm-hmm. once we don't start on facts then people are going to start living in alternative universes or you know realities is what they're trying to introduce to us and keep us all preoccupied it's like you know, like you said, just another cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the thesis that I'm writing right now, um, cause I was really fascinated with first off, why we never talk about the Soviet union in, um, in, uh, undergrad or not even undergrad, um, K to 12, you know, why don't we ever talk about that? Everyone talks about the Nazis, but you never hear about the Gulag archipelago or the things that happened in the Soviet Union under communism. So I was really fascinated with that. And so I'm writing my thesis on the difference between what Karl Marx wrote and basically the Soviet Union's ideology. And what you found was um, under the ideology of the Soviet Union, under Lenin, Vladimir Lenin's ideology of Marxism, Leninism, they were so okay with um, murdering dissenters and and killing off the people that uh, disagreed with them to the point at which it became 
so it became so crucial and obviously Vladimir Malarin died and Joseph Sahn take control, but it became so bad that in Eastern Germany in the, um, after World War II when, when the German empire fell and it was split into communism and uh, West Germany was um, capitalist. One in one out of every three people were mm-hmm. communist spies. And they, and that means someone in your family was basically a spy telling on you and things like that. It became so bad. And, it all goes back to this idea that if you're not okay with open form disagreement and discourse and you're okay, like what you said, like letting atrocious things happen to the enemy, not even the enemy, just a person that disagrees with you. It's really easy to become dogmatic behind what you believe to be true. Um, an example of that is in the Soviet union, they had uh, something called democratic centralism, which mm-hmm. was the idea that, open discourse was allowed up until the point a decision was made. And then once the decision was made, you couldn't dissent or you're, you're done. They're going to kill you basically. Um, and I think if we, if we're not careful, it's, that's not that far off, you know, mm-hmm. happening in Western no. society. Oh no. Yeah. We're, no, we're definitely getting there. And, and so, but this is what they do. I mean, this is what they do um, in any type of authoritative type of state is you have to create you have to create public sentiment that favors your position and that means really demonizing people that disagree with you that's really what it comes down to is everything that you see that's going on there's 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 the the state and then there's the people and when i say the state i mean i i don't mean just government i mean these yeah. the corp, corporate america the corporations the big tech all these people are in they're one conglomerate basically you know what i mean so it's like them and us and the propaganda the things you get from entertainment the things you get from celebrities the things you get all those things are are directing you in the direction of giving them more power that's really what it comes down to so it's like it it, what they do is they demonize certain people they demonize people that disagree with them they Mm -hmm. the nazis did it soviets did it mao did it everybody did it and you have to do that in order to justify the things that you, the things that you have in store for them, because first and foremost, you have to win the hearts and minds of the people. You have to get consent, mm-hmm. because without that consent, then ne- people are going to resist. But when you make things to where, hey, they're giving us the consent to do this, that's a different story. People start to go along with it, and so that's what they're doing. It's and 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 they're doing that. They're trying to create this rift between, you know, here in the West. Of Americans particularly, they're trying to create a rift between us so that they can um, justify the things that they have in store. And that's yeah. where it gets dangerous. I think it's really dangerous right now that um, they are positing the idea that white men are the enemy um, and that atrocious things should be allowed to happen to them. I mean, we can get into this. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. For example, um, I don't know if, if you've uh, done any research in that, but you know, from a legality standpoint, a legal standpoint, there was no argument to be made by the prosecution. And you can see that if you watch the, um, the trials. There's really no argument that the prosecution had besides maybe the fact that um, uh, he maybe shouldn't have had the AR, right? That's the, that was the argument that was a little bit 
was pretty valid. Um, and there's, there's a conversation to be had there, but you know, the conversation that's not to be made is there's nothing to do with race in this, within this, um, within this trial. Um, and there was nothing to do with, he killed people in self-defense. So those are the two arguments. It was never about race. It was always about self-defense yet. All we see, or if you go on Twitter, all you see is people making the race argument that if this was a black mm-hmm. person, that it would go differently. Or if, um, Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist. He hates black people or he hates, he hates um, everyone that's not white. He's part of the Trumpian America. And, and you sit here and you're saying, and, they, and they, they wanted so badly for him to be imprisoned. And if he would have got the death penalty, they would have cheered. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we are seeing is that the left primarily is okay with destroying cities, especially cities that have a, a high amounts of poverty in, when they don't get their way. And, I don't understand how people can't look at that objectively and say, okay, you can go too far on the right for sure. We know that you can get to a point where you are severely racist, especially, especially um, we can see that with the Nazis. We can see that with American society. We can, but mm-hmm. people don't realize that you can go too far on the left. And we have the, 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 the base of the left has gone too far in my mind. <laughs> They've gone way too far. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I, I give this, I give this, I, this is my, one of my favorite analogies to this. It's almost like, you know, if, if you came to me and you said, man, we got to do something about, you know, these endangered lions and okay, okay, cool. And you say, Hey man, you know, lions are, they're, they're, they're really demonized in, in they're really not as, as dangerous and as a threat to humans as they say, I would say, okay, cool. And you would say, and if you came and you said, Hey, we need to do something about lions, man. I was you know, okay, that that's fine. We need to what what let's let's protect them. Let's do this. But if you said, hey, "I'm about to move a lion into our house," <laughs> I would say, "Man, we hold on." Like, you, yeah. you're taking it too far. And yeah. I think that that's where we're at. It's almost like, you know, I I get the feel good policies. I get the things that make that that you know make for a nice story. But at the end of the day, we have to be realistic about things. We have to be mm-hmm. realistic about. You know, when you have when you have tents lined up around the corner from an elementary school because of and people doing, you know, shooting up meth and heroin, heroin and all this type of stuff right around the corner. A lot of them, you know, sex offenders that we have to draw a line. We have to start saying, wait a minute here, man, this is getting out of control. Mm-hmm. This is this is too, this is too much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah. used to live down, I used to live downtown by MacArthur park, downtown LA. And the things that you would see in a park, in a park, yeah. it's is we have to, we have to start being realistic here, man. We have to start telling people the truth and saying things for what it is. And that's that with that case, that's kind of every, every, every argument against it was just based on a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. You know, it, everything was uh, the, the hypo, the hypothetical people were getting, treated worse than the real people get treated Mm -hmm. because hypothetically they would do this and they would do that. But that's not how you, that's not how our society should function to where we start to make, you know, play with people's lives based on how you feel he was thinking or feel like there has to be, we have to get back to this. (laughs) Things have to be concrete. Mm -hmm. They have to, because if not, then we start letting lions come in and then they eat us and we'd get destroyed. And then we're like, well, who, how come we didn't see that coming? That's where we're at. So I don't know if you ever read any um, 
Plato, but in his um, in his book, The Republic, he uh, talks about the worst states or the worst uh, governmental forms, um, political systems, and he says that the second worst is um, democracy because democracy leads into tyranny because too much democracy um, when basically mob rule. Once mob starts ruling, then you're one step away from one person taking complete control. Um, and I think people don't realize that. And, and what they really don't realize is that's why the American system works because we, it's not a democracy. It is a democratic Republic. The reason the electoral college works is because if it didn't, the, Candidates would only go talk to New York City, um, L.A. They would only go talk to mm-hmm. the Miami. They would only go talk to the, the largest cities in America because they, they just need the population. And the reason the left wants this um, is because it big cities favor um, liberal ideology. Um, and so mm-hmm. we don't understand that what, – what people don't especially understand from cities is that the United States is so diverse. It is so diverse. We have 50 states and everybody in these different, I mean, you can make an argument that middle, um, you know, the middle of the United States, they live a lot alike. They farm and things like that. But like we have mm-hmm. Hawaii is a state just as much as Florida is, you know, and just as much as Montana. Right. We're very diverse with all different types of ideas. And people think that they're always right. And it's so crazy to me because I feel like most of the time I'm probably wrong about things, you know, when I'm talking to someone Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that as long as we're trying to be better. You know, I want people to live better lives. I want the homeless problem to be solved. I want the environment Mm -hmm. to not be, you know, horrible. You know, I want us to live in a life where my children can grow up happy. You know, they can have friends of all different types of races, but I feel like we're being put in these categories where, if you're not anti-racism and if you don't understand that you're the problem as a white man or as a white person, then you're racist. And it's like, mm-hmm. why can't we just live in a society where we want it to be better and strive for better by discussion instead of just demonizing each other? Cause that's what, that's what the power, that's what the people who are actually oppressing the people want. Right. Yeah. Because, because we live amongst narcissists and, these people who have this, this, it, it's not enough for you to, you know, coexist. You have to, you have to agree with them. You have to like them because, you know, power, when, when you talk about power and the more power that you get, power is also very insecure. It's very unstable because mm-hmm. power can be taken at any moment. So, and you're constantly having to defend your power. And this is what you see that's going on. The more that this power becomes centralized, the more insecure that power is going to become because people are going to be, it's good. It's like, like, um, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big new England Patriot Patriots fan, right? That's my team. And, um, but you have to understand, and this is something that you understand as a Patriots fan, every time your team plays in any team, right? They're giving it the, their best. They're coming at them mm-hmm. harder. That's what happens when you're at the top. So the more this power becomes centralized, the more pressure it's going to feel from the outside. So it's constantly having to defend itself and it's, and that creates insecurities and insecurities turns into narcissism Mm -hmm. as a defense mechanism. This is like a whole psychological thing that you have going on here. So it's anytime you dis like if you, if me and you have a disagreement and you, you say, you know, and we can, we can talk, I say, man, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. And you say, no, I think Aaron Rodgers is. That your opinion doesn't threaten mine. Like, I don't feel like, what? 
Like, how do you, how, how dare you say that? Like that, that, that's, that's fine. That's your opinion. And I'm cool with that, but that's not how, that's, that's not how these insecure people think. Like we are really like, you know, we're really at that, that, that cycle of, you know, you know, uh, uh, hard times create strong men and strong mm -hmm. men create good times and good times create weak men and weak men create hearts. Like we're really seeing that whole cycle. And this is the weakness of people to where I can't, allow you to disagree with me so mm -hmm. i have to force you to agree i would love i i, I think everybody should be anti-racist right yeah How, however my problem the problem becomes when the problem becomes is when you start to def make who gets to decide the definition of anti-racist yeah. when you say it and then all and then co conveniently your definition coincides with you attaining more power I have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's almost like it, if, if you want to call something racist just because it benefits you, like this Rittenhouse thing, like race, is it, is it, is it possible that he went over there because he wanted to kill uh, non-white people? Of course it's possible. Of course and, it's and possible. We would, yeah. and, I mean, we would, but we would, do you think that we'll ever be able to know that definitively? No, no. probably not. But, so we have to go by what we know. Mm -hmm. There's also a possibility he went over there to defend people's property. Mm -hmm. It's also a possibility that he wanted to be Rambo. It's, there's all kind of possibilities, yeah. but we can't just harp on one because it benefits your agenda. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's the mm -hmm. problem. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, and I feel like what most people would think anti-racism means is that you are against racism and you want that everyone to be have an equal chance at life you want everyone to be from birth you want everyone to have the equal chance of opportunities that's what you feel like um anti-racism would mean but anti-racism i feel like it means nowadays is that if you're white you are privileged from birth and that if you are not actively admitting your faults for being a white person and trying to help other people um sustain a position almost above you or or they would say equal to you and then above and keep pushing them forward then you are a racist and i would disagree i would feel like i feel like racism is something that is taught i think it's learned i think there are racist people in america i think there are racist policies in america that are still stemmed today from slavery but i don't think that we could say that I don't think we can say that most white people are racist in America. I don't think we can say that. I don't even think we can say that. I don't even think we could say that most policies being passed today or have racist undertones. I think we can say that there are problems that we need to fix, but we can't fix them by just blaming white people for the problems that our forefathers and their forefathers did, you know? Cause here's the thing, especially with the idea of like, um, paying um descendants of slavery the dacas you know the where who pays that right because like think about my family my last name is weirs it's a german last name my family came here after the civil war mm -hmm. they didn't own slaves they were just they weren't rich would i have to pay that tax because i'm white because once we get into that it's very tricky and you can't pinpoint it right and it's like i think the only way to go about it is to find find what the problem is, which mm -hmm. is that there's too much inequality right now, and it's making 
it's making the system want to boil on top of itself. We can all agree that inequality is bad, but we can also agree that we need an ability to have um, innovation, which is like inequality drives innovation because people don't want to be at the bottom for all their lives. So we need a, we need a way to bring the spoils at the top down to the, down to the bottom and through the middle so that not everybody's stuck at like mm -hmm. down there while also admitting that people need a way to fight out. People need something to fight against. And if it's not, if it's not poverty or if it's not, um, if it's not sports or something like that, it's, it's against each other. Right. And I think a lot of the people who are fighting right now are middle-class people who have nothing better to do with their time than argue about other people's experiences. Cause I feel like if you were poor <laughs> and you need mm -hmm. to put food on the table, you're not worrying about, the color of somebody else's skin, the, the gender of somebody else or the, um, mm -hmm. the sexuality of somebody else. You're worried about putting food on your kid's table, right? So we need a way to get people those, get the pe money down to the people who are at the, stuck at the bottom while also admitting that we need ways for people to move, move up and down, you know? I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think that the problem is, is that the, the, the inequality or the people that you, that, that you, as you said, stuck at the bottom. Um, I think there's, it's systematically being done. Yeah. And so it, you know, there's, there's, that's how, that's how you maintain this power. Yeah. You have to make, like they, like we're doing exactly what they want us to do. We, we keep saying, Oh, we need to fix this. Yeah. That's what we say. But, the, and they're saying it, they're saying it, but they're not doing it. Yeah, and I agree. there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? Because, um, we we are we are about to see a financial collapse like we are about to see you know but this is something that we this is something you know ron paul t been talking about this since we we went off the gold standard in 1971 so it's like this is inevitably going to happen and people are getting stuck more and more in in debt and people are stuck you know so they when you're stuck in these places cuz the real problem and i think most americans i don't care what race you are, or what demographic care more about the gas prices than they do about whether Kyle Rittenhouse goes free or not. This is a real, like, I think if you told everybody, look, if we got gas down, I mean, out here, I'm in LA, it's almost, it's $5 a gallon. So if, if you came and said, Hey, this guy, this guy can, this guy can, uh, uh, he can go to jail for the rest of his life, but we're going to get the gas down to $2. I would be more concerned about the gas. I would be like, well, man, I made your decision. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying that's the reality. People are more concerned on it. They might talk about this case more, but the reality is you're concerned about gas prices. You're concerned about food prices. You're con I mean, and it's here. Mm -hmm. So all these things are, it, it were inevitable. They just did a very good job of keeping our mind preoccupied on things that really didn't matter at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy, the mechanic down the street, because he happens to be a white guy, that, that he has no more power. You know what I mean? Like he's not the, he's not the guy that's causing this. No, he's he's not. not the guy that's making this. He's not, he didn't make the gas prices that, you know what I mean? He was, he, so it's like, that's what they, but that's what they want. They want you to be focused on him and each other than what's really going on. And that's yeah, smoking. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say 100%. Um, so one of the things that, because when, when Karl Marx was writing, he was writing during the Industrial Revolution. Um, and one of the things he said about capitalism was um, the bourgeoisie, which is like the, um, the capitalist, um, mm -hmm. 
they they indoctrinate the working class by um, by uh, giving them ideology, by um, putting this ideology on this is how the system works. You're at the bottom because you're bad. Um, you're going to stay there. The capitalist is good. You're making money for the capitalist, basically. And they do that, and they make they make people have this false consciousness, um, make people argue within themselves, and it basically keeps the people at the top, uh, the mm-hmm. capitalists at the top. And in this state, this, the state and the government and the, and the corporations. And um, one of the things he said is that the working class was going to become so fed up with this or the, the people were going to become so fed up with this that there was going to be a violent revolution and overthrow the government and socialism would naturally occur after that. Now, he was wrong mm-hmm. about that. And I think he was wrong because what we're seeing now is that we're all fed up with the way the system's working. Mm-hmm. You have to be making a certain amount of money. You have to be high or upper middle class to be like not care about gas prices, like you said, or not care right. about food prices. And so everyone's fed up. And so everyone's mad right now. But mm-hmm. the, the media and the government and the corporations are f- indoctrinating the people, making it feel like the battles between the working class and the battles between the, 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 the workers. And mm-hmm. it's not between us and the top, you know? And then they're, they indoctrinate the people and they make it seem like, Race is the issue, gender is the issue, sexuality is the issue, when the issue is these corporations are so greedy and these people are so greedy and that they're willing to do whatever to keep people impoverished, to keep them making more and more and more money. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what we're seeing right now. I think we're seeing propaganda, like you were talking about earlier, being mm-hmm. – being pushed upon people through TikTok and through ads on Hulu, through billboards, through mm-hmm. um, uh, adding politics to it in order to keep people <laughs> fighting against each other instead of fighting the system which needs to be fought. Like you said, the systematic system keeping people impoverished, especially people of color uh, and minorities, um, it makes them, they make it seem like other poor people. So like they, they, they want us to fight with poor white people and poor black people they want them to fight so that they don't come together and uprise against the government against the um oppressive forces at will yeah um 100 um i think that there's a different dynamic when you're talking about um more like communities of color i mm-hmm. think there's a different there's there's so so it's almost like you're you're they're playing you know the antagonist so you have straight white males conservative mostly christian that's the that's the epitome of evil mm-hmm. and then every and then so so that's that's one way to keep everybody focused on that but the other thing that they're doing is more so it's not so much of let let me just direct non-white people to be mad at white people it's more like i also want non-white people to to play the take on the role of being a perpetual victim Mm. and that and to me that's another form of the oppression is that when you start to tell people that this is what you what you are uh hold on sorry about that i got a somebody was calling anyways um when you when you when you start to tell people that you are you are a victim you are constantly being uh, uh oppressed there is no way for, is that, is that, okay. Yeah. okay cool yeah you know what i mean when you start yeah. to tell people that you you're at a disadvantage what that does psychologically it's like it's like you you're, you're giving per, a person an excuse even before they started 
So psychologically, you know, the person that it feels like this is it, I, my back is against the wall. I'm going to fight my way out of it. I'm the only way I'm the only person that's going, I'm, this it's on me. I win or lose based on me. That person is going to fight a lot harder than a person that goes, I'm going to fight, but if I don't win, it's not really my fault. Yeah. And so you, you see what I'm saying? So they, they keep that, they keep that. And, and what their solution, the solution to this problem is always to give this third entity, which is the regime or whatever you want to call it, the more power. It always goes back to that. It always goes back to the more power for the, for the ruling, more power for the, for the ruling class and less for the people. And they're going to do it in the name of saving people who need to be saved. When if you realize if you just took the crutch off, there would be the inequalities would be, would change because we see that happen. We see that happen all the time when people overcome that type of, I mean, you just got to look at success stories, no matter what the color is, the person understood that they weren't going to, they were, they were going to, despite whatever hardships, they were going to overcome it. And so we don't do that anymore. We, we don't tell people they can overcome anything. We tell people that you have to, you, if you, where you're at in life is where you're always going to be. And it's that white man's fault over there. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like you, it's almost like, well, it's almost like one for one thing. It's like the caste system in India. You know, you stay there, you're, you're always going to be there. But it's also almost like in order for people to – because a lot of people don't care about politics until it's something that they care about, right? Like nobody cares about – nobody cared, honestly. Nobody cared about the president during even during Obama's term. Nobody was like, not this close. It took Trump getting elected and social media and the media really pushing the race argument and, and the homophobia argument that to, for, to get people pissed off. It, it really did. Like nobody gave, mm-hmm. gave, a sh- gave a shit about the Obama presidency. I mean maybe at the beginning like they did, but like it was not like this. Now everything you see is something about Joe Biden or something about uh, Trump. And my fear is um, the Republican Party is now has now became the symbol of racism in America. And right. that's, that's dangerous because there are a lot of Republicans who are not – I wouldn't call myself a Republican, but there's a lot of Republicans who are not racist. And I, I fear that if it's not Trump who wins the – the, the GOP nomination next year, they're still going to demonize them and call them a racist. Um, Guaranteed. And so they, now they call Larry, El- uh, listen, they call Larry Elder a, ra- a racist. A white they call him a white supremacist. That was crazy. That I didn't even, I couldn't, I, how can you even make a logical argument like that? That doesn't make any sense. It, that's what I'm saying. So we're there, bro. <laughs> but it, it, but it, it's scary because it's like, what comes after this? You know, it, it, it doesn't seem like this is going to be, if this, if we continue on this path of, um, of groups of people who feel like they've been oppressed and, and, and for some, like, you know, there is some truth to it too. The, the, the reason that right. it's a problem is because there's truth to it, you know, um, um, gay and lesbian couples couldn't get married until in all States until 2016. Um, you know, interracial couples couldn't get married until 
I don't want to, I don't know when loving happened with seventies or eighties. Um, we know the history of, of black and whites in America. You don't have to go back far right. at all for you to see racism, like true, r- true, real racism, you know? And, and, you know, you always catch a glimpse. Somebody, you once in a while, I mean, that, that dude with the Burger King crown on the plane yelling the N word, like you, there, there's a lot of people in this country mm-hmm. who are still racist, but, but if that's the main argument, if race and, and all these things are, are the main argument in politics going forward, what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like, you know, peace and discourse is the answer. It seems like pitchforks and, and guns, right. knives are the answer. Yeah, that's what we're leading to, you know? What do you, think the ans- what do you think the future looks like if we continue down this path? Well, that's the, that's the nature of identity politics. So when you play identity politics, they, they, it, it creates the hierarchy of the oppressed and who is the most oppressed. So what, and, and what happens is, is that when they talk about the intersectionality, right, that's when we start to understand it, that, with the, that the oppressed today become the oppressor tomorrow. So for, for instance, you can say right now, you, you're, you're a white male. So you're like, you're not even on the charts. So you, you are, you are the oppressor. Yeah. Cause I'm straight now, too. And you're straight. Yeah. Right. So the problem is, so we can say you could take a, a black male and you can say, well, a straight black male, he's oppressed because he's black, mm-hmm. but is he, but he's less oppressed than a black woman mm-hmm. because of her gender. So now he's the oppressor. So after we get rid of the white male, then we have to go. Who's the next on the totem pole? Who's 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 at the top of the the food chain? The white male is gone. Is it the white female? Oh, but she's she's going to hide behind the feminist thing. So now it's the black male because he's the straight black male. And you already start to see that in society going after the you know because they've they've already they're starting to move on because once we get past the white male. Then the next is the black male because a straight black male will be the next target that he has to be gotten. And they've already started, like they started Mm -hmm. doing that. So that's why there's now agenda an agenda with the whole Lil Nas X, all these different type of black artists that are, they're putting the the gay ones to the forefront. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you already see it. It, What the, the end game is that the people that are kind of remove themselves from this whole equation because of, because their money and their power and their wealth, their influence transcends all that. They're the ones that are going to be left at the end. They're the ones going to be, you know, they're the ones going to be left standing. Mm-hmm. So, I, and, and most of them coincidentally are, you know, straight white males or straight black males or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, it's like most of the people that are at the top right now are also at the top of this other, but they've mm-hmm. transcended it. Nobody cares. Like Jeff yeah. Bezos is not involved. Like, trust me, no, no one's going no to say anything about him. And you have it. Or like, I mean, people start to talk about Bill Gates because of how weird he is and how creepy he is with all the things he does. And, and but like, um, what's that one guy's name? Dude? I can't even think of his name. Warren. His, his first name is Warren. I'm pretty sure. Warren Buffett. Is that his name? The, the investor. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No one talks about him. Nobody. Well, no. I mean, and, and, and it's like, you know, 
and then the when you play these games, see, you, you have a political agenda going on at the same time as you're trying to play identity politics. And so what it leaves is a lot of different contradictions. But people are so emotional nowadays. They're, yeah. so, they're so led by their emotions that it doesn't even matter. So if you're sitting here and, and you've been telling me that the, the epitome of evil is straight, white, male, you're dancing in the streets for electing a straight, white, male to come and save you. Like it doesn't matter. Like Joe Biden is still in the same category, but because he talks to you in a different way, you think that you think that, Oh, he's, it's not him. Anybody, but like, don't you think that the, that the person that was trying to manipulate you would try to keep you away from the truth and the things that you're being fed are probably the things that you should be questioning. Yes. I I follow, I, and I was talking about this last night on the show I was doing. I follow more, liberal left-leaning sources I'm, I'm always looking at i'm i i follow celebrities i, I always follow their stuff and see yeah. what they're saying because it's all there's a pattern you start to see a pattern they're all leading you in one direction so you know going back to what we talked about earlier about having being able to disagree and have these kind of discourses with with people that challenge your beliefs to me that's the only way to be. I, I, I look at that stuff because I'm always challenging my beliefs. I'm mm-hmm. always saying, okay, let me look at it from your point of view. And at the end of the day, I'm always going to be right because that's the side I want to choose. If, if, if I was sitting here saying one plus one is three and you came over here and said, that's not true. It's two. I'm going to get with you. I'm going to be like, okay. I, so at the end of the day, I'm right. Because mm-hmm. now I'm saying one plus one is two. I'm not going to argue with you. I want to, I want to do the right thing. And so at the end of the day, I'm trying to, I'm, I would, I would match myself up with these, but people don't with things that contradict what I, what I say, because that's going to get you to where you're supposed. That's how we have, that's what these discourses are for. It's supposed to strengthen society and strengthen our beliefs, but people don't want to have that. We're so, no, we're so led by the emotions these days. You know, to go off that Edward Bernstein, who was a 20th century, I think, um, Marxist socialist thinker before anything really occurred. He uh, he famously said, or something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing that um, revolution and violence is emotion taking over the mind, and reform and discourse is the mind taking control of emotion. Um, he thought that the only way to get things done and the only way to really instill socialism is through policy, is through the reform slowly over time. Um, and so we see those ideas in like Sweden and we see those days in like Canada and even in the United States, there's a lot of socialist policies in the United States. Um, but I agree. You know, I think, I think once you start demonizing and start um, saying, you know, fuck it, let's flip the system upside down. Let's go tear down the cities. Let's go, um, let's go, uh, let's go uh, fight the system in, in the ways that we know how we can, we can riot, we can protest, we can do things like that. Um, once you start doing that, and then once you start fighting with other people there, that's what they want. Because oh, yeah. at the local level, or even like, even on the far right, they stormed the Capitol. An example is right there is, is mm-hmm. people, the people who, who are so far indoctrinated by the right that they stormed the Capitol of the United States. Like there's <laughs> not, there's not, once you're playing to their game, you've lost entirely because they play on your emotions. That's all they want is they want to, they want to feed, they want to feed that part of you that, that you don't even really want to have. You know, but they do it mm-hmm. so well. The right plays on the part that's like, 
you're a white man. You've done nothing in your life to hurt these other people. You just want to work hard and you think other people should do it. These people are, are the enemy. They're telling you that you're the enemy. They're telling you this. It's like we, and, and they rigged the election and they're, and they're telling you that. And then on the left, they're telling you, they're like, you're oppressed. These white people, these powerful old white people have oppressed you for centuries. You're just going to let them do that. And then they just, they puppet, they puppeteer at the top. You know, you know, Joe, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure, I am sure Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi have grabbed coffee multiple times. You know oh man, look. They puppeteer. They, they don't give a shit about everybody else. They don't care about their sides. They care about keeping the people fighting against each other. And, and, and they just keep getting more and more greedy and more and more power and more and more money. But it's not even about the power when you're, I mean, money when you're in politics. It's about the, it's about the power. It's about the look at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a senator this many years. I'm about to be a president of the United States. Look at me. I'm, I, am, I am God almost in their eyes. And it's, it's scary, dude. It's a drug. That attention. Yeah. That people yeah. need me. I'm wanted. I'm because you because you hold a, 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 a strategic political office that people need. They need to get this done. They need to get that done. Like I, I, I think about these things. Like when I think about politics and things like that, and, and it kind of kind of brings you down to more of a, a a simplistic way of looking at it. And I always say, you know, politics. Think about the politics that's played in your at your job. Think about your politics that's played in school. Like there's always there's always there's always the guy that likes that the that the manager likes more, and then his his people like that. Like this is we and and then look how willing people are to stab each other in the back over a dollar raise. Yeah. You don't think that you don't think that there's some real real politicking going on when there's billions and billions of dollars at stake. No, for like, sure. Uh, it, it this is this is you know this is par for the course. It's like but we don't we don't think about it like that. We, uh, for some reason, I, I always say that people have a cinematic mind, meaning they see, they see, they view the world through how movies taught them the world is, you know, most people will sit there and, and, and they'll watch, you know, I was, I was watching the, uh, that movie straight out of Compton last night. And there was a scene within the cops. I mean, it was just so extra. Like I've never seen cops act like that. And I'm from LA. I'm from out here. I've seen all this. I've been to jail. I've been all that stuff. And I, it's like, it's just so, Theat- like dramatic and obviously it's a movie but people take that and subconsciously that's how they interpret the world yeah man you see the cops they're going to do this they're going to beat you up they're going to do this and it's like well what's your interaction with the cops be oh man they just kind of gave me a warning one time and another time they wrote me a ticket and that was it but it's like so why do you go with that narrative why do you, why would you ask to discuss how, how what how do you feel the cops are or how do you you know what's your sentiments on them you give me this this real, this you know, parallel reality that doesn't even exist. Yeah, and so that's that's what people. I think people think the same thing about politics too. It's like, well, they wouldn't do that, and it's always easier to say they wouldn't do that because then that justifies why you're not doing anything about it. True. You know what I mean? Most people they don't want to look into all this because once they look into it, then it's like now you have an obligation. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I would rather just let's let's make excuses for it. That way, I don't have to do anything about it. Not that's. That to me, that's the cowardice that's kind of taken over our population now, and it's it's that's what's bringing us down. Well, also, I think that we've strayed away from the the in the people with the highest intelligence talking and deciding things because <laughs> nobody wants to be in politics. If you're like if you're severely intelligent, you're not going into politics. You're not. You you don't want to do that job, um, <laughs> and 
you know, and then if you are smart and you are looking out in this society and you're like, well, this is stupid, you know, and you're not going to play the, the indoctrination because I feel like there's a lot of professors and people with PhDs out there who are just afraid to speak their opinion, who actually do agree mm-hmm. with the, with be like, this is just bonkers, but they don't want to, they don't want to raise their voice because when they do, people like Jordan Peterson get demonized as a Nazi. The Marvel comics came out and <laughs> made him, made him the red skull, which is crazy, dude. He talks about how, like, he's like literally talks about Hitler, talks about how bad, like they made him a Nazi and all he does is, is try to make men better. Like really that's like his end goal is like trying to make yeah. men more you know, clean their room and, and stand up. And <laughs> like, dude, and, no, and you know, it, no, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, but like, cause what you were saying right now about like, the, like I'm, I'm, I'm not in school, my, but my wife is, she's still in school. She still goes to college. So she takes her classes online. You know what I mean? Like, and so she'll have zoom classes and stuff like that. And so I'll usually be sitting there listening to it. But you can tell, like, she has one professor that I'm like, yeah, he knows what's up, but he can't, he can't, like, you could, he's always, like, kind of saying little things here and there, but he he really, he never crosses the line. But yeah. I, I always tell her, I said, and she'll tell me, she'll be like, he, he knows. I said, yeah, he knows. Like, you could tell he knows, but he doesn't cross that line. So it's weird that you bring that up because it's like, yeah, that I think you're right, but it's that, it's that mob mentality. Nobody wants to get caught up in the mob. And, and and going back to you know, like you said about Jordan Peterson, yeah, his his greatest sin is that he's trying to make men better, but but the the attack and the target is it's men, but it's not necessarily men because we're men because we have penises. Like I I think the 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 attack is because of our thought process, our mas our masculinity, our our ability to logic and reason. See, men are more logical and women are more emotional. So if we can attack everything that's logical, everything that epitomizes logic and reason and get people to be over here always thinking emotionally, then we can control them. Mm. It, that's really what it's about. It's not, it has, and they did this, this is where I say the systematic thing, that the systematic oppression that has happened is when you've, when you've, when you've removed men from the household, right? You, and, and, the, and that, the, the nuclear family is is no longer around and kids in the next generation are being raised primarily by a mother, a person that is 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 more prone to think emotionally than you have the next generation who are start to think the same way. This is why you have men or, or young men that are very uh, emotional. They get into fights. They and you we see it we see it on either they become geared towards being passive almost in in, in to the whole LGBT thing and you start to become trans gay and all that, or you become hyper aggressive. So now you're taking that masculine energy that was supposed to be used to provide and protect. Now you don't know how to do it because you're emotional. So the guy pisses you off walking down the street and you shoot him or you got gang. Oh, we want to fight those guys around the corner. They're from over here. We're from over there. They wear red. We wear blue. We're killing them. You don't even understand this is over pettiness, but this is what happens when you take not just not, not necessarily man, but when you take logic out of the equation, you took logic out of the household. You took that reasonable, reasonable thing. Like, I, you know, if, if it was up to, every time I got in trouble at school or the teacher said something about me at school, if I didn't have my dad, my mom would be like, well, that teacher shouldn't have yelled at you. I already know that because I can't do no wrong to my mom. Yeah. But that only hurts me. My dad, every time something happened, my dad would say, 
but what did you do? And of course I would say, I didn't do nothing. And he would say, so that teacher just decided, woke up today and said, Hey, I'm going after you. And then it, obviously I would be lying. Obviously there was more to the story, but that's what you need. That's what stabilizes and provides balance. We've removed that in order to, 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 to bring about this agenda, which is to control the masses. And you can only control the masses when they're emotional. Logical people never would have went through this. Mm-hmm. My dad's generation, my, my grandfather's generation, when, once they started talking about locking down businesses, they would have laughed at them. Yeah. No, for they sure. Said, yeah. It never would have happened. No. Never. <laughs> yeah, that's actually – no, yeah, because my dad's about to be 60 next year, and he he even like – like he – my dad has never been right – like right-leaning. My dad has always been in the middle, but you can see him starting to slip to, to the right because like that's just what happens because like he – is like from the generation where it's like all about working hard and like, and like you're saying, like they would have never let businesses shut down. People need to earn money for their families, work hard for your families, teach your son how to be a man, teach your daughter how to be a lady, you know? And I think interesting that you brought up the, the attacking the masculine because you can see this in, in, in political oh. discourse because it's toxic masculinity. It's masculine and bad this, or women mm-hmm. are, um, are of, um, Women are when they're doing something strong, they're um, they're hurting men's masculinity. But it's never women. It's never men, you know, of um or toxic femininity or men like or men doing something that takes away from their femininity. You know, it's always against masculinity. It's like mm-hmm. Harry Styles isn't being feminine because he's wearing a dress and painting his nails. He's not. He's being. He's breaking down toxic masculinity. What did that's no that's feminine. You're wearing a dress, dude. Just whatever you can wear, whatever you want. But you're if you're wearing a wet dress, it's feminine. We can say that. We can say that out loud. Um, but no, it's always breaking down toxic masculinity. It's breaking down the the barriers that white men have instilled. It's like it. Realistically, I'm gonna say this. I don't give a fuck if I get yelled at by my listeners. If you think that masculine and masculinity and femininity and heterosexuality and males and females are a social construct and you need to, you just have more problems than you think from out all human history. There has been males and females like, yes, we can, we can start talking about breaking down the barriers of what those that means, but throughout all human history, there has been men and women. And that's not because that's not because there was an oppressive force saying that you need to be a boy and you need to be a girl. That's just because it's biological and that's just how it works. We can talk about now we're growing up and everything like that and, and society is different and how people act and certain like things. We, we can all be okay with everybody. You know, we're all people. What I'm saying is if you really think that masculinity and femininity are things that were just socially constructed – I can't even have an argument with you. Like, I, I, we, what are we even talking about? Yeah, no, you you can't. That's and that's the thing. Most most of, most of these arguments you can't because the premise is already. I disagree with it. Yeah, like we can't. We, we're not gonna we're not gonna start with the premise of that a uh, 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 a person's but physiolo- physiologically biologically like is wrong. I'm not gonna start with that premise that you know that 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 penis doesn't make you a man or a male. I'm not going to, I'm not going to start with that premise. Like, so we disagree with that. We can't have these conversations and that's the mm-hmm. problem. But I think that that's what they do. They set that up on purpose. 
they do they said it on purpose so where we can't have the conversation and they say we'll see you're a bigot you don't want to hear what we have to say and it's like well wait a minute no i'm just saying you're really you're really going to ask me to deny what i'm seeing right in front of my face yeah that's the that's the that's the core issue you know what i mean but and but the thing is is that if they can get you to do that if they can get you to 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 say yeah what i'm seeing right in front of my face is not real i mean it is yeah it's not real then they can do that with anything else Mm -hmm. they can now now they do it politically now they'll do it in you know socially they'll do it with any anything that they're trying to do policy wise they can do now okay well wait a minute so you know all the so if we so if we just decide if we give you more of our tax dollars you'll end racism yes and we just believe it because we all if you if you believe that over there you've already ripened the brain for this stuff and that's what's going on the problem that's why they're getting to the kids i say this the thing with the, the problem with the trans the trans debate is exactly that going back to the masculine and the and in, in, in the feminine ways of thinking logical and emotional if i can if i can sit here and say that a, a, a man walking down the street looked like you and me with beards or have a dress on and i have my seven-year-old nephew with me and he turns to me and he says hey why is that man wearing a dress i by today's standards have to tell him that's not a man that's a woman. And he's going to say, why is he a woman? He has a beard. He has everything that males have that you have. Why is he a woman? And I have to tell him by today's standards because that's how he feels inside. So what does that do to him? That tells him that the message is clear to my seven-year-old nephew right there that how a person feels is more important than what's real. That's, so yeah. if I can, if I can get you on that, 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 frame of thought from from seven years old six years old if i can get you on that frame of thought how many other things can i throw your way that will just defy logic but you'll go along with it i didn't even think about that that's crazy i mean that's that that's that's the look if you want to be a woman and say you're a woman and live and wear a dress what do i care but the but that's not the that's that's not the agenda you understand what I'm saying? That's not yeah. the agenda. See, th- see, this thing is—it's a, it's a slippery slope. And once we start doing, once we start going down this path, it's never going to stop. You're starting to see now. They want to introduce um, what is it? Minor attractive persons. Yeah, dude, that shit it's, pisses me the fuck off, dude. But 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 this is like when you talked about the end. You know, when, you know what's the end game? This is the this is how this identity politics gets played. Is we start? It's a slippery slope. So if you say, hey. You can, you know, a, a man and a man can marry. That's great. Cool. Why? What makes what makes him? Well, he feels he's attracted to men. Okay. Now I feel this guy over here says I feel like I want to be a woman. Okay. Well, we can't deny that. We gave them this. We can't deny that. What's to stop the next guy from saying I identify as an eleven-year-old and my girlfriend is now ten? Actually, ten. We, you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a, it's it's a slippery slope. You gave them, you gave them that. You have to give me the same thing, and this is like you said, democracy. Once you can start changing people's minds, then that mob rule, that mob collective thought, starts to take place. And if you can, the, the, why that becomes dangerous, and why he said that was because if you can step outside of that and you can become the person that can controls that narrative, then you're the king. <laughs> And that's what, and if you have the means to do it, like big tech, 
to get the message out there, like like mainstream media, to get the message out there, you have that position, you're king, you're God. They control the narrative, and that's what they've done. Well, yeah, too. Like, just look at what happened with Jeffrey Epstein and, and everything like that. Like, we know that Jeffrey Epstein had an island of child <laughs> slaves that they they committed pedophiliac acts towards. And Bill Clinton and a bunch of high up people went there and nobody mm-hmm. talks about it. Um, his like his like right hand lady is on trial right now during the Rittenhouse and everyone's talking about Rittenhouse. I'm sorry. I would like to know what the hell's going on in that. I'm talking about my I want to know why the people we elected are going to an island yeah. where it's known that there's pedophilia tra- going on. Human trafficking. And it's like nobody talks about it. It's like we're just allowed we, – we know that sex trafficking, human trafficking, and child, uh, mainly of children, is a problem, even in the high-ups of the United States. And we don't say shit about it. Well, it, it, no. And, but see, that's what I say. The, the mainstream media is the enemy of the people. They really are because they're there, they're, they're there to tell you what to think, to tell mm-hmm. you what to focus on, and to lead you into a direction that benefits the people that you're talking about. They don't want to do a story. Why would we expect, why would, you know, I wouldn't expect to go to McDonald's and then first give me a lecture on diabetes and heart disease. No. Like, they wouldn't do that. That's stupid. They're not going to tell you what's going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if a guy they revere, like a Bill Clinton, a guy that's up there, and he's going on these, you know, taking these, these flights to an island that's known to, for sex trafficking, He's going to make sure that never gets out there. Yeah. And, and there, there, it's an agenda. It's an agenda. Everything that they say, everything that's coming out of mainstream media and entertainment, Hollywood, all these, you know, even sports. And then, like you said, the constant propaganda, it's now in, in sports. Like you yeah. can't get away from it. So it's, it's, they're constantly throwing this at you and they're constantly telling you these things. And it's all, they're all just tools. They're tools that are being that are of the regime to keep power and centralized into their hands. Yeah. So they're not going to talk about these things. They don't want to talk about anything that they did. Look at, look what happened. And this is what blows my mind because, because I don't care where you line up politically, right? If you have a guy that's running for the president of the United States of America, the most powerful country in the world, this is the, this is, this is the top seat. Mm -hmm. If you have a guy and his son has a laptop that has sex crimes possibly in there, drugs, possible emails with doing business with enemies and making millions of dollars. If you have that type of story, why wouldn't you at least talk about it? At least let's, at least because it's out there, whether, whether it's true or not, why wouldn't you at least look into it? Why did they, they on, it's like on cue, all of them just shut up and they said nothing about it. Yeah. Yet it was out there. There was people corroborating it. That yeah. Even the FBI said, didn't, didn't say that it wasn't true. Even Hunter Biden has never denied that it's not his. That's at least a story. Yeah, it's, it's a good story too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a huge story. Yeah. And you're passing that up for what? Because you're protecting them. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if, if there was, a, if there was a, a laptop like that on Trump Jr., 
Oh, man. I would be, I would be, but I would be knowing, I would be talking about it. I would yeah. be like, wait a minute here. We got to look into that. We got to look into that. Your dad is the president of the United States. And here you are making deals with other foreign countries that's getting you billions of dollars. Yeah. We need to look into that. I don't care if I, if I support the guy or not, or if I, whatever my position is, we need to look into that. That's what, that's what normal, rational people do. Rational, critical thinkers. Yeah. Well, man, I think that's a good way to end it. We've been on here for about an hour and 10 minutes. Um, it was a good conversation. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah, dude. It I was, appreciate uh, it, man. Yeah, anytime, bro. We, you, I definitely want to have you on again in the next couple, like whenever, a couple of months, you know, or something. Cool. Uh, whenever, whenever free. Yeah, bro. This was a lot of fun, dude. It was, it was really engaging. It, it flew by. So thank you. Thank you a lot, bro. Yeah. Um, episode 79 with Che, the political commentator, motivational speaker, and host of the No Spoon podcast. Um, I told you I was going to be grinding. I, I've been grinding, you know. Um, I'm really excited for the guests that you guys are going to get to listen to in the next few weeks, the next few months. And ladies and gentlemen, hit me up on my social media at Colin Demands Answers if you want to know anything, if you just want to chat, if you want to give me any insight. And as always, stay demanding. <laughs>